I'm pulling out of my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. So I've been spending the last couple podcasts talking about Guild Pact. I'm not done yet. I got up to M. Okay, so I'm up to Mizium Transreliquit. Transreliquit? Uh, it's an artifact that costs three. For three, it becomes the copy of target artifact until end of turn. And for one blue and a red, so three, one blue, one red, um, it becomes that artifact permanently. So the idea is, it's an artifact that I can play, and if I'm not playing it in a blue and red deck, you know, I'm not playing it with Is It. Uh, okay, it's an artifact that can temporarily turn into things. But if I'm playing it in a blue-red deck, I have a little sort of, you know, I don't have to pay for it every turn. I can turn it into something and leave it there for a while. Um, so this is, a, this is part of the cycle of um, artifacts that are useful, um, uh, out, useful in any deck, but are more useful in the right color deck. Okay, Moratorium Stone. It's an artifact that costs one. Two and tap. Excise a card from a graveyard. Two white black and tap and sacrifice it. Exile target non-land card from a graveyard. Um, all copies in that graveyard and in, I think in play. Hold on a second. Let me, um, you exile a card from a graveyard. So two and tap, you exile a card from a graveyard. Two white black and tap. You exile target non-land card from a graveyard. And then all copies in graveyards and on battlefield with the same name are exiled. So the idea is, um, if I'm playing, if I'm just playing this in a non-Orzov um, deck, non-white-black deck, um, I can get rid of things in the graveyard, because there's things that can come back. Um, but if I'm playing this in a Orz, an Orzhov deck, um, I can not only use it to get rid of graveyard things, but I can get rid of things sharing the same name on the battlefield as well. Um, and so once again, it just makes, it's, it's an artifact part of the cycle. It's an artifact that's more effective when used for its particular guild. Okay, next, Mortify. One white black, it's an instant. Destroy target creature or enchantment. So one of the things that's kind of cool is um, black, for example, can destroy creatures, but it can't destroy enchantments. Um, so this is, a, 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 but green can destroy enchantments, but can't destroy creatures. So you kind of mix and match and put them together, and you get a nice clean um, spell. Um, there's people who thought this was part of a cycle, though technically it wasn't part of a cycle, but there's a, there a, a, a clean sort of uh, cards that do blank or blank, um, but we didn't quite finish the cycle because it wasn't a cycle, but some people thought it was. Okay, Niv-Mizzix, Airy of the Firemind. It's a land. So uh, we made a cycle of lands that were tied to different guilds. So they all tap and added a colorless mana, or they had an activation cost that um, required colored mana of that guild. So this one cost two blue-red, so four mana, one blue, one red. Um, so four mana total, two which was generic, one blue, one red. Tap, exile top card of a library until next turn. You can cast it if it's an instant or sorcery. So this is kind of a little bit of a precursor of... Uh, what we call impulsive draw in red, where you kind of exile top of library, you can cast it. Um, well, this is playing around, and obviously, um, is it has a instant sorcery theme, and so this card helps you interact with instants and sorceries. Okay, next we get to Niv Mizzet, the Fire Mind, two blue, blue, red, red, legendary creature, legendary, <laughs> legendary creature, dragon wizard. It's four four. He flies because he's a dragon. Uh, and whenever you draw a card, you deal one damage to target creature or player. And then he has the ability to tap, draw a card. 
So Niv Mizzet is the leader and founder of the Izzet. In fact, Izzet is named after Niv Mizzet. Niv Mizzet. That's where Izzet comes from. Uh, he's the leader. He's a super smart dragon. Magic has a bunch of really smart dragons. Um, and uh, he is the leader of the Izzet. So um, we wanted to make a card. I think the idea of this card was to make a kind of fun combo-y card. Um, and then it combines kind of the, the highlight of blue and red. What, what, is, what, what does blue love to do? Blue loves drawing cards. What does red love to do? Red loves doing direct damage. So it kind of combines them together. Um, and the neat thing about this is if you sort of draw extra cards, you get to do extra damage. So you can do a lot of cool things here. Um, the other thing to remember is uh, when you draw a card and discard a card, even looting, you're still drawing the card. So even when you don't go up in card advantage, you still can get damage out of this thing. Okay, next, Ogre Savant, four and a red for a 3-2 Ogre Wizard. When it enters the battlefield, if you paid blue, uh, return target creature to owner's hand. So basically, it's a 3-2 creature for four and a red, but it becomes a mana war. It becomes a creature that bounces a creature if you paid blue. So instead of four R, if it's three blue R, then it has this extra ability of bouncing something as an enter the battlefield effect. Um, like I said, this was a cycle where every color sort of, I think it was two cycles, I think it went once one direction, once the other direction, I believe that's how we did it. Um, but anyway, this was something that was sort of uh, a different way, because the idea is sometimes when you're playing multicolor, if you get stranded, meaning I get, draw one of the colors but not the other color, um, you know, like this card, obviously, if you have blue and red, you want to cast it with blue and red, but if you get kind of stuck and you don't have blue but you have red, you still can cast it. And so... <coughs> we were trying to make sure we have some, uh, I, I, this isn't technically a multicolor card, but cards that are optimized with two colors, but that don't always require two colors necessarily. Okay, next, Order of the, st Order of the Stars. <coughs> so it costs one white, it's a uh, zero one human cleric. As it enters, you choose a color, uh, it has defender also, uh, and then it gets protection of the chosen color. So it's like a really good defender. Uh, against one color. Now, obviously, this was an environment where we expected people to play multiple colors, so the idea was it doesn't really shut people down as much as it slows them down in one aspect. Um, because you're, you're playing an environment where people are playing more than one color. Uh, in a monocolor environment, this thing is pretty brutal because it, I mean, even then, it only stops one creature, and because it's zero power, it doesn't kill them. Um, but the idea, essentially, is something that's supposed to slow your opponent down, which is something that both white in general likes and Orzhov as a guild likes. Okay, Orzhov Guild Mage. Remember, all the Guild Mages are hybrid, hybrid, two mana, both of which are hybrid. This is white or black, because it's Orzhov. Uh, so it's white or black, white or black. It's a 2-2 two, two Human Wizard. Um, and then two and a white, target player gains one life. Two and a black, each player loses one life. So one of the things we're trying to do is we want to, we, they're all uh, two mana, two twos. And they want to have two activations. Uh, this, this is how the cycle worked. Um, one activation was with one color, one was with the other. I think they're all parallel um, costed. You know, they, like this one is uh, two and a white and then two and a black. The tricky part was, one of the cool things about white and black is we like to look for opposites. That, that's always cool. Well, white is the life-gaining color, and black's the color that makes players lose life. So it's kind of cool to say, oh, okay, I gain life, you lose life. The problem was that we wanted to have a parallel costing, and gaining life and losing life are not the same. Me gaining one life is not as uh, not as powerful effect as me making you lose one life. So what we ended up doing was uh, instead of it, so that the we sort of parallel them in a slightly different way. So the idea is either I I 
target player gains a life, or the, the block ability is each player loses a life. So one player, you know, it's gain a life, lose a life, there's that parallel. Um, but then we switched it from, well, one affects one person and one affects two people. But the idea is the one can affect anybody, although normally you're going to gain a life, but it's like it went from target player to each player, but we needed to do that. I mean, we had a lot of parameters on the design, and when you do that, you have to figure out where you're willing to bend on the parameters. Okay, next, Orzhov Pontiff, one white black for a 1-1 human cleric. It's got haunt, remember the haunt mechanic? So when it enters the battlefield or a haunted creature dies, you get to choose one of two abilities. Either creatures you control get plus one, plus one till end of turn, or creatures you don't control get minus one, minus one till end of turn. So I talked to you before about haunt, or did I, about, one of the things about haunt is it's both an enter the battlefield effect and a leaves play effect, essentially. And the issue is, when choosing effects that make sense for it, one of the problems is usually the reason creatures uh, leave the battlefield is they're in combat. So you need to pick effects that when a creature dies are relevant. So the problem is, how do you do an effect that might be combat-oriented but yet still relevant you know, when a creature dies? And the answer was what this card did. It said, okay, I'm going to let you choose one of two things. They're related thematically. You know, I get plus one, plus one. My creatures get plus one, plus one. Your creatures get minus one, minus one. It's thematically connected. Um, and also, one affects more white, one affects more black. Um, and it has a thing where, well, when I ETB, I mean, I might want to kill your creatures. But when I ETB, maybe I want to pump my team before I attack. But when my haunted creature dies, eh, I'm probably doing minus one, minus one. Um, I mean, there's a few exceptions, but probably is what I'm doing. So by doing the modal thing, we were able to do something that was combat, make a haunt card that was combat relevant, which was a tricky thing to do. Next, Orzo, Orzova, the Church of Deals. It's a land, tap, add, C, for three white blacks, so five mana total, uh, three generic, one white, one black. You tap, um, and target player um, can draw a card and pay a life. So this was, we gave uh, Orzhov, um a card drawer. Uh, white doesn't really didn't draw cards repeatedly, where um, black does, so we did it the black way. Um, but anyway, one of the things, uh, the other thing is it's target player draws a card, so if I need to kill my opponent, my opponent's low enough in life, I can actually use this to, I give them the card, but I also make them lose the life. And so it being targeted allows you to use it mostly for yourself, but occasionally when my opponent's low enough that this can matter and you know, affect the math, um, you can do that. Okay, next, Austere Thrall. Three and a black for a 2-2 Thrall. White and tap, tap target creature. So this is a good example of another off-color activation. The idea is it's a 2-2, it's a black 2-2 creature. But if I want to be real effective with it, I need to use the white ability. The off-color white ability does something white does. Black doesn't tap creatures, but white can. So the idea is if I have access to white, then this card gets to do something a white card does. And so it's another way for us to make a card that is, you know, optimized in two colors, but not specifically two colors. Okay, next. Uh, Paralectric feedback. Three and a red for an instant. It deals damage to spells controller uh, equal to its converted mana cost. So the idea, if there's a spell on the stack, you get to do damage based on how, big, how much that spell costs. So if someone casts a spell that's a six mana spell, you know, you can spend your four mana and deal six to them. So the bigger the spell, the more damage it does. Um... But notice it does damage to the spell's controller, so I can't cast a big spell and then shoot it at you. Okay, Petra Hydrox, three, blue, uh, three and a hybrid. Hybrid is blue or red, so four mana, three generic, one blue or red. It's a 3-3 three, three weird. Um, 
whenever it's the target of a spell, you return it to owner's hand. Um, so what it means is uh, it's kind of got a shroud-ish-like ability in the sense that your opponent can't target it to try to kill it without you having... I mean, well, if they, try to ki- if they try to target it to kill it, it'll bounce it, so they can't kill it with targeted kill. And if they try to kill it with untargeted kill and you have the ability to target it in some way, you can also bounce it to save it. Um, but it also means your opponent can sort of get it, get it out of play by using an ability that wouldn't kill it but targets it. Um, I think, is it targeted by spell? Hold on. Yeah, targeted by spell. So it's not by an, act, an, an ability. It has to be targeted by a spell. Um, but for example, there's times I've seen where somebody uses a giant growth to get it out of the way so that their creature can get through. So there, it is technically considered a downside, but there are ways to make it upside. Petrified Woodkin, green, green, oh, sorry, six green, so seven mana, uh, six of which is generic, one of which is green. Um, so it is an elemental warrior, 3-3 three, three elemental warrior. It can't be countered. Uh, it's got Bloodthirst X, and it's got protection from in, uh, instance. So what Bloodthirst X means is uh, X is the amount of damage dealt this turn. So normally when you do dam- when you Bloodthirst, Bloodthirst normally locks in the number, right? So Bloodthirst says, oh, I'm Bloodthirst 2. Well, if you do damage, I get two counters. But this card is Bloodthirst X. X defined as the amount of damage. So the more damage you do, the bigger this creature gets to be. Um, so, like, it's a 3-3, three, three, but if you've done 4 damage, it's a 7-7. Seven, seven. If you've done 8 damage, it's an 11-11. Eleven, eleven. So it has potential to be really big and exciting. Um, it also has protection from instance, making it a little bit harder to kill. And it can't be countered, so... Um, can't be countered is kind of a blue thing. Protection from instance is kind of an anti-black thing. So it's a green card that kind of has some protection against the natural elements of its enemy. Pillory of the Sleepness. One white, black. It's an aura. It's an enchantment. Uh, enchant creature. Uh, enchanted creature can't attack or block. And then enchanted creature has, at the beginning of upkeep, lose one life. Um, so the idea is I sort of use it. It's a pacifism, but it's a pacifism that's slowly bleeding my opponent. Very Orzhov. So the idea is I keep you from attacking. I'm stalling. I'm delaying. I'm, I'm helping protect myself. But that same thing will help me win the game. That if I just keep that creature out long enough, you know, it can do damage and win me the game. Next, Pyromatics, one and a red, instant, replicate one R. Um, so deal one damage to our creature or player. So essentially, for every one and a red I spend, I get to do one damage, and I, I can spend it however I want. So for example, for two mana, I get to do one damage. Four mana, two damage. Six mana, three damage. You know, eight mana, four damage. And I get to spread that all around, so I get to distribute however I want, so I can break up the damage. Uh, and this is a good example of, of a lot of the replicate effects. What we wanted was smaller effects so that we could um, let people replicate it a bunch of times. Rabble Rouser, three and a red, Goblin Shaman, one, one, Bloodthirst, one. For red and a tap, attacking creatures get plus X, oh, until end of turn, where X is the card name's power. So the idea is it's a one, one, it's Bloodthirst, one. So if you manage to get in play with Bloodthirst, it's a two, two. And its ability gives an attacking creature a plus X plus O. So if it's a 1-1, one, one, it gives it plus 1 plus O. If it's a 2-2, two, two, it gives plus 2 plus 2. Um, so the Bloodthirst matters. And because it says power, if you can giant growth it or do something to it, you also can do combos where you can... Like a, a fun thing to do with this is I make it bigger. Maybe I put an enchantment on it. I, I, I some way make it bigger. And then that allows me to, to enhance other things. Okay, next. Revenant Patriarch. Four black spirit. Four, a 4-3 four, spirit. Enter the battlefield, and if white was spent to cast it, target player skips their next combat phase. 
uh, and Karnam can't block. So it's a 4-3 creature that can't block, and if you spend blue, um, you force them to not be able to attack next turn. I'm sorry, if white, sorry, if white is spent. So this, once again, it's a card that is good at sort of doing preventative stuff for Orzhov, um, but it also has something that can help you attack and win the game. Rumbling Slum, one red, green, green, four mana, one generic, one red, two green. It's a 5-5 five, five elemental. At the beginning of your upkeep, deal one damage to each player. Note, this is not to each opponent, it's to each player, so it does damage you, but it's damaging you and your opponent at the same time, and it's a four mana 5-5, five, five, so that's pretty good. Next, we have Sanguine pra- Praetor. Six black, black. It's an uh, Avatar, Avatar Praetor, 7-5. Uh, black, sack a creature. Destroy each creature with a converted mana cost equal to sacrifice creature. Note, it's not equal to or less. It is the damage equal to the creature. So, um, I, I feel like this is something that we can... Uh, it, it, it is, it's a, we like to do this where something is more precise, where it's not a matter of, like, I have to sack a creature thinking about what do I want to do. It's not just I get everything smaller than it. I, I get things at its level, and that, that's kind of, that creates fun gameplay. Savage Twister, X Red Green Sorcery. Um, it is from, a repeat, by the way, it's a reprint from Mirage. And the card, uh, Savage Twister, deals X damage to each creature. Um, so the idea is that I can... Um, I think at the time what it was, was it was combining Hurricane and um, Earthquake. Um, but anyway, I, I, it's, uh, it's a very potent spell. I, mean, I guess, it, I don't think it hits players, but Earthquake and Hurricane hits players. But the, ironically, this cannot be done in just mono red. I think at the time we were trying to find a red-green effect, and red had the theme of sort of hitting ground creatures, and green hit flyers. And so it's like, whoa, we'll hit the ground creatures and the flyers. Although, red is pyroclasm and stuff, so I'm... Anyway, th- th- this is... I mean, we put it in the set because it, it was a good card. It played well. It fit Gruel. Um, but I will admit that it is, it is not. It does not need a lot for the green. The, the 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 redness of the card from a color pie perspective can do what the card does. Next, we have Skiz uh, Motivate. It's uh, instant. That costs one blue and a red. So three total. One generic. One blue. One red. Target creature gets plus four, plus zero oh until end of turn. Oh, and, and, sorry, and, and another creature gets minus four, minus zero until end of turn. So what it does is um, red will grant power boost and uh, blue will grant power shrinks. And so this makes one plus four plus zero and another minus four, minus zero until end of turn. Um, usually in combat, this could be pretty potent where I make a creature that either gets through, do more damage, or a creature that, you know, seemingly was going to die, kill another creature. Um... And I also make something that probably was going to kill one of my creatures, not kill one of my creatures. Um, sometimes you'll combine them in one thing where, like, I fight you and I get bigger and you get smaller um, so that I'm able to kill you without you being able to kill me. Next, Shadowlands is an enchantment for one white. It's an aura. Enchant- enchanted creature has first strike. And then for one and a black, enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, and it'll end of turn. So this is another card. This is a card with an off-color activation. It's a white card. So it grants first strike for W, um, which by itself is not a great card. You're not going to necessarily play that most of the time. But the idea that you have a little boost in black, because one thing about first strike is first strike is better the bigger the power. Well, this thing makes your power bigger, so that's pretty, that's pretty um, good. Next, Shrieking Grotesque. Two and a white. It's a gargoyle. Uh, two, one. Two, one gargoyle. Flies. And then when it enters the battlefield, if you paid black, target player discards a card. So we put gargoyles into the Orzhov because they have sort of this religious motif and gargoyles are associated with like churches and things. 
Um, and this is another one where the off-color, if you, if, you, if you pay the color, like this, this card is a two and a white card, but if you pay one white black, it has the additional bonus of target player discards the card when it enters the battlefield. Okay, next, Sohana Starfletcher. Two, two and a green, it's a one three elf druid archer. When it enters the battlefield, you choose a color, and then you tap to add that color to your mana pool. So this is kind of like a Birds of Paradise, except you have to lock into one color. It can produce any color, but only one color, and you decide that when you play it. Um, uh, and this is like one of the things about making a multicolor environment is trying to find different ways. Um, and our goal was we wanted people to play two color, not play five color. And the problem with like Bird of Paradise is tap for any color is if you have too much of that, I mean, we did have a Burnt Up Paradise in, in Ravnica, by the way. Um, but if you have too much of that, it makes it too easier to spread to three, four, five colors. So this card was trying to lock you in and saying, okay, I'll help you, but I'll just help you with a singular color. You know, I'm good in a two-color deck. I'm not so great in a five-color deck. Okay, next, Scargan Firebird. Four red red for four three Phoenix. So six mana total, four generic and two red. Um, it's got Bloodthirst three. It's got flying, and then for red, 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 return from the graveyard to your hand, um, but you only can do it if the opponent's been damaged. So this is kind of a cool card. The idea is a phoenix that is bloodthirst, so you want to keep trying to bring it back when you've done damage because it's bigger, um, but you got to keep coming back with it. And the trigger for having it come back is kind of the... It's not technically bloodthirst, obviously, because bloodthirst is only tied to the counters, but it's like bloodthirst. It's like, oh... Did you damage your opponent this turn? Um, and the cool thing is if you have the mana to, to both buy it back and cast it, which I know is a lot of red mana, um, the fact that the thing that allows you to get it back is the same thing that makes it bloodthirst. So if you have four red, 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 so nine mana, five which is red, you, you can guarantee it bring it back with bloodthirst. That's a lot of mana, a lot of red mana, but um, it's possible, especially in a mono red deck. Okay, next, Skeletal Vampire. Four black black. Vampire skeleton. Three three vampire skeleton with flying. When it enters the battlefield, you make two one one black bat creature tokens with flying. For three black black, sacrifice a bat. You create two more one one bats. Uh, and then if you sack a bat, it regenerates. Um, so the idea essentially is it comes in play. It's got some bats. You can use the bats to make more bats. So the idea is every bat you sacrifice, you can make more bats. But it requires five mana to do that. So the idea is if I get enough mana, I can start really pumping out the bats. And then I also can use the bats to protect the thing because for no mana, I can sack a bat to regenerate it. So it's a, once I have some bats out, it's a very hard card to kill until you get rid of my bats. So if you want to kill the vampire, you kind of have to kill the bats first before you can kill the vampire. Okay, next. Uh, Sky Swallower. Three blue blue uh, Leviathan. Eight eight Leviathan. Flying, because it's, it's a Leviathan in the sky. And when it enters the battlefield, the opponent gains control of all your other permanents. So, like, it's an 8-8 flyer. That's pretty powerful. But what's the cost of an 8-8 flyer? For five. For five, I get an 8-8 flyer with the small downside of I just have to give you everything I have. Um, now, there's ways to build around this. There's ways where when I cast this, I don't have much to give you. So I get a big creature, and I'm not giving up that much. Um, but this was a fun, you know... Uh, it, it, it was kind of a neat concept, the giant, giant leviathan in the sky. Okay, next, Sky Rider Trainee, four and a white, a 3-3 three, three human soldier. It is flying as long as it's enchanted. I talked about uh, this in the previous podcast. There's an enchantment theme, an aura theme in the set. Well, here's a little card. 
Um, you know, five mana for three, three is nothing great, but if you get enchanted against flying, that starts to become pretty good. So, you know, if you, even if you put a small thing, a mage mark or something on this, you know, the fact that it gains flying just really, like, it really makes it, it want to be the target for your aura. Okay, next, Souls of the Faultless, white, black, black. So three mana, one white, two black. It's a zero four spirit. It's got Defender. Um, and whenever uh, the card is dealt combat damage, um, you drain attacking player equal to the damage. So it's a zero four. Let's say they attack with a three three. If I block your three three, I'm gonna drain you for three. I'm gonna do three damage to you and gain three life. So this is a really good card that both, once again, it's a very Orzhov card. It both is defensive, it slows down the opponent, and it can slowly incrementally do damage to them. Okay, next, Starved Rasalka. Oh, the Rasalkas. So green spirit, 1-1. One, one. Um, notice this is a full cycle. So green and sacrifice a creature, gain one life. So the Rasalkas were all one mana spells. They all cost a single, single colored mana. They were 1-1. One, one. And then for a single colored mana and the act of sacrificing a creature, they did some small effect. In this case, gain a life. The idea being is I can always sacrifice this creature. So at bare minimum, it's G-1-1, one, one, sack this, gain a life. But the fact that I could check other creatures, so like for example, let's say I'm going to chump block a creature. Like my creature is going to die to stop your creature from damaging me, and I'm getting nothing out of it, I'm not killing your creature, I'm just chumping. Hey, I can block, sacrifice it to this, your creature's still blocked because once it's blocked, it's blocked, and then I get a gain of life. And so um, the Rasalkas were another sort of just little mini theme built in that uh, one of the things we like to do in um, Ravnica sets is there's a general theme that runs through all three sets. So, for example, um, like the, land, the shock lands or the guild mages, you know, there's things that run through that are cycles of ten that w run through everything, right? Um, but what we also want to do is make each set sort of have its own identity. So we will do cycles that are only in that set. The mage marks are only in the set. The Rusalkos are only in the set. The Nephilim are only... These are cycles that are just in guild pack. Um, Ravnica is not doing anything like them. And... Um, uh, yeah, Raptor and uh, Dissension is not doing anything like them. This was just a guild pack thing. Okay, what is next? Next is Steam Core Weird. Okay, Steam Core Steam Steam Core Weird. Weird. Three and a blue, so four mana, three generic, one blue. It's a one-three weird. When it enters the battlefield, if you paid red, uh, it deals two damage to target creature or player. So this is another one of the ones that upgrade if you pay. So it's three and a blue for a one three, but for two blue R, um, you get to shock something when it comes into play. So once again, you probably aren't gonna play this if you're not playing blue and red, um, but it, it's not that this card's meant to go in a non-blue red deck. It's meant to, that if you happen to draw blue but not red, you can play it if you need to. In a pinch, you can play it. I mean, obviously you'd prefer to play it with red, but if you have to, you can. Next, Stitch in Time, one blue, red. So three mana, one generic, one blue, one red. It's a sorcery. You flip a coin, and if you win the coin toss, you take an extra turn. So we had sort of a 50-50 time walk. Half the time, you take an extra turn. And if you play it with, like, crouched thumb, then three quarters of the time, you take an extra turn, so. Okay, next, Storm Herd, Storm Herd. Uh, eight white, white sorcery. Um, you create X11 white Pegasus tokens with flying uh, equal to your life total. So the idea is this is cost 10 mana, 
but you're going to make a lot of flying creatures. Let's say I cast this and I happen to be at 10 life while making 10 1-1 flying pegasuses. Um, I saw this deck played for fun and life gaining decks really like this deck because it was a good win condition and that I just gain a lot of life and at some point I just cast equal to my life total and I have some crazy number of flyers that's hard for you to deal with. Okay, next, Street Breaker Worm. Three green, red and green, five mana total, three generic, one red, one green, for a 6-4 Worm. So this is a vanilla card. Uh, the fun thing about this is in the original alpha was Crawl Worm, which was four green, green for a 6-4 uh, creature. And so this is three red, green. Now, given it requires two different colors, not one, but it's a full mana cheaper than a Crawl Worm. To sort of show you sort of... How when you go to multi, not, not that crawl worm is particularly good in the first place, but when you go to multiple, when you when you get multiple colors though, you get a get a savings. Okay, sword of parents, an artifact that costs four. It's an equipment. Um, if the equipment is tapped, your creatures get plus one plus zero. Oh. If the equipment is untapped, your creatures get plus zero plus one. Uh, and then for three mana, you can tap or untap equipped creature. So if equipped creature is tapped your creatures get plus, plus one, plus oh. So if it's, if it's attacking, kind of boosts the other tapped creatures that are probably attacking. If it's defensive and it's untapped, it's making the things that are kind of defensive more powerful. Um, and then you have the ability with your mana to sort of to tap or untap the enchanted creature. So you have some ability to manipulate it. So I can attack with it, boost my attackers, and then just pay mana to untap it, and now I'm boosting my blockers. Okay, next, Tesa, Orzov Scion. White, one white black for a legendary creature, a 2-3 human advisor. Um, if you sack three white creatures, you get an exile target creature. And whenever another black creature dies, create a 1-1 white spirit token with flying. So we made two cycles of legendary creatures. One cycle, um, one cycle was, I think, the leader of the clan, and they could do whatever they wanted. But the other one, what we did about it is we wanted you to maximize that card by playing both colors. And Taste is a good example where um, if I, you know, if I, for example, um, if I make a creature, whenever a, a black creature enters the battlefield, I get to make a one-way spear token. Uh, and whenever, I, and I need white creatures to sacrifice. So the idea is if a creature is, if a creature is both white and black, it both gives you a token when you play it, and you can use it as a sacrifice effect. So it maximizes and makes it stronger. Um, Taysa would come back in Return to Ravnica. She's a, a fun character. Tibor and Lumia! Two blue-red legendary creatures. Human Wizards, 3-3. Three, three. So there's two people on this card. Uh, if you cast a blue spell, target creature gets flying till end of turn. And if you cast a red spell, you get to do one damage to, to non-flyers. So this is another good example of... Um, just like Tesa, it's a card in which it's maximized if you're playing blue and red. Uh, and the idea here is if I play a blue and red card, um, it will make my... I can make... The creature that might die to the red effect, I can make fly with the blue effect because it does damage to non-flyers. Um, one of the cute things about this is you want them to be connected. And so by, by making damage to non-flyers, the flying part matters. If I make something flying, then I can use my blue to prevent damage from the red part, which is pretty cool. Next, Tin Street Hooligan. It's a uh, one in a red, so two mana, one generic, uh, one red, for a 2-2 Goblin Rogue. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, if green mana was spent, you get to destroy target artifact. So it's either a 1-R-2-2, or it is a RG-2-2 uh, destroy an artifact. Um, so that is pretty cool. Okay, next, Torch Drake. Three in a blue for a 2-2 Drake. 
it has flying, and it has one and a red, plus one, plus oh, to end of turn. So um, it is a blue drake, a flyer that has fire breathing. It has uh, a little more expensive. Basic fire breathing is kind of a single red for plus one, plus oh. Uh, but this is one and a red. But the idea essentially is, um, will I play a 2-2 flyer for four mana? I might, I might. It, it, it's the kind of thing, it might not be my first pick, but you know, it's the kind of thing What you know, my 22nd, 23rd pick, maybe I put that in, it's flying. But, oof, I have red mana, wow, I'm much more excited to play it, and it becomes much more potent in a blue-red deck. Train of Thought, it's a sorcery, one blue. Replicate, one blue. Draw a card. So this is another nice thing where it's a nice, clean, simple effect, um, and then for every two mana, although I wanted these to be blue, I get to draw a card. So it's a nice, clean, um, replicate effect. Oolashed, the Hate Seed. So two red-green is a legendary creature. Uh, it is a... I think an 8-8 eight, eight Hellion, my, uh, my handwriting not so good. I think it's an 8-8 eight, eight Hellion. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry, 0-0. Zero, zero. That's a 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, but it comes into play with a plus one, plus one counter for each red creature you have, each red permanent you have, and each green permanent you have. Now, note, if you have a red and a green permanent, it gets a counter for you. It gets two counters. Um, and then you can remove a counter from it to deal one damage to target creature or to create a 1-1 one, one Saperling. Um, so one of the cool things about this is that it comes in, it counts your stuff. You know, it costs four mana, so hopefully you've got some stuff out ahead of time. Uh, and then it just gets bigger, and then the bigger it is, the more you can use itself. Um, this is also a fun creature. Uh, it's legendary, so you can sort of play one, use it up, and then if you have another legendary one, you can play the next one in your hand. Okay, next, we Dragonauts, one blue-red. It's a 1-3 fairy wizard. It's got flying. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, it gets plus two, plus zero, it'll end of turn. So it's a one three that becomes a three three every time you cast an instant or sorcery. Uh, and if you cast multiple instant sorcery, it can become a five three or a seven three, or you can go up. Um, so this is, this is this was a popular card. It also just it's a nice clean way to play aggressively into the instant sorceries. A lot of times we do stuff that sort of helps you play them, but this one's more like no, no, it helps you win. It, it, it turns your instant sorceries into sort of concrete damage that can help you win the game. Okay, next, Wild Cantor. Wild Cantor costs a single uh, hybrid mana. It's red or green, so it costs either a red mana or a green mana. It's a 1-1 human druid. Uh, you can sack it to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Um, it's kind of funny overlap between red and green because green is the permanent... Um, green is like land of elves and kind of things that have a permanent mana, and red is a temporary mana. Um, so the idea here is this leans a little bit t- toward red in the sense that it's, it's temporary mana. Um, but green d- occasionally dabbles in that because obviously permanent mana is, is a little better than temporary mana. Um, and so this is a little 1-1 one, one that you sort of can use to sort of bump up your spells. Like I play a turn 1, and then in turn 3 I can play a 4-drop, or turn 4 I can play a 5-drop. Next, Witch Maw Nephilim. So this is the non-red one. So it's green, white, blue, black. So it's 4 mana, one of every color but red. It's a 1-1 one, one Nephilim, a little smaller. Um, whenever you cast a spell, you put two plus one plus one counters on card name. And whenever you attack, um, it gains trample if you have power of 10 or more. Oh, we used, we used this trick once before. Um, so the idea here is it's a 1-1. One, one, it can keep getting bigger. And then when it gets big enough, it gains trample. Um, the reason I think we did 10 or more is we had one other creature that did have the same trigger. And also it means if you somehow can get one other plus one plus counter on it, by some means you can speed up the trample by one turn. Um, and, and as I explained before with the Nephilim, the Nephilim were always tricky because um, it's very hard to design, like, what exactly is a white and black and, or I'd say a green and white and blue and black ability. So we just try to pick things that were unique feeling. Um, 
And I admit, uh, this is the kind of thing that uh, maybe this could even be mono green. I don't know. But we were trying to just make exciting, splashy cards, at least effects we hadn't quite done before. Speaking of the Nephilim, uh, the last card of the day today, last card of my podcast, is your Tiller Nephilim. This is the non uh, green one. So it's white, blue, black, red, four mana, one of each color but green. It's a 2 2 Nephilim. When it attacks, you return target creature card from your graveyard tapped in attacking. So the idea is when it attacks, everything attacks. I'm sorry, when it attacks, it brings along a dead creature to attack with it. Um, and every time it attacks, it gets. And that, that creature sticks around, it doesn't go away. So essentially, it lets you reanimate things, but not just reanimate them, aggressively reanimate because you get attacked with them. Um, it's limited to your graveyard. Um, but it is, uh, and the other thing we try to do, which is tricky in the flavor, is trying to get a sense of, um, that the Nephilim was kind of playing in space where, I, I don't know, we, we were trying to get a flavor that felt a little anti the color it wasn't, but once again, that's really, really hard to bring out. I think the biggest drawback against the Nephilim, and they were not particularly popular, um, was they just didn't have their color right. Like, people kept saying, why is this this four colors? It just didn't quite feel feel right. And the answer to that is, without some tricky thing like, you know, two, you know, two um, guilds getting together or something where, where you're bringing things that have pre-existing de- color definitions to them, it is really hard to do four color. Anyway, so I managed to... I wasn't sure whether this would take three or four podcasts. The answer is it took three podcasts. So, um... That, my friends, is all I have to say about Guild Pack. So the plan is I will get to Dissension. It won't be right away, but the next time I do one of these, I'll talk all about Dissension, which has the three final guilds where I talk Azorius and Rakdos and Simic. Um, uh, white, blue, black, red, and uh, blue, green, uh, green, blue, uh, specifically. Anyway, I'm now at Rachel's school, so we all know what that means. It means this is the end of my drive to work. Instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.